0: In case you missed it, here's a clip from episode five with Michael Schnitzer, president of Stanley Martin Custom Homes.
1: Just like with any business, you have to put the time and you have to invest the energy right. to get the outcome you want. Right. it's it's There's no easy path, right? right? There's right. just no easy path. So as uh, we started growing, we started growing the company, started growing the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the beginning, um, you know, we, we always took the approach that we would modify our plans. Right. And so we were modifying plans, making uh, one of the mantras, even from the beginning was we have to put a pretty face on a house. Absolutely. Because yeah. uh, if you don't, A, I'm not going to be proud of it right. as a builder. Right. B The customer probably isn't going to be proud of it when they're standing the street looking at their home. Hey, we're going to have a great conversation today with the project
0: managers here at Stanley Martin Custom Homes. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the nuances of building a home, and maybe we'll get these guys to tell us a couple of stories from the road. So here we go. John Jorgensen here, and today I'm sitting down uh, with three of the great folks over at Stanley Martin Custom Homes. Uh, I'm going to go around the room and let everybody introduce themselves. So to my right, we have... Uh, My name is Patrick Kearns.
2: I'm the VP of Construction with Stanley Martin.
3: Great, and directly across from me. Hi everybody, I'm Tim Bradsfield, project manager with Stanley Martin Custom Homes. Fantastic, and to my left. Hello, it's
4: uh, Craig Chrisman, Stanley Martin Custom Homes, project manager.
3: Great,
0: so we're doing a little something different today. So we're, we're, we're in our COVID world still, so we're in a very large room. We're all sitting kind of very far apart from each other. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see a photo of the uh, of the setup, but we're gonna chat today about uh, some of the things that uh, go on wh- while you're building a house and we're going to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit to uh, better understand what happens when you're going through the building phase at uh, at Stanley Martin Custom Homes and we want to give you an opportunity to learn a little bit about some of our folks here that are actually uh, managing the project. So, um, Pat, maybe you can kick us off and just give us an overview of the, you really get involved with the customer at what stage? So let me just lay the foundation here. So we have the sales phase or the buying phase, right? Which is kind of step one. Then we have the startup phase, which is all the permitting. Then we have the building phase and we have the warranty phase. So that's how we break it all down from a marketing
2: perspective. So. You guys first meet the customer at what stage? So I'm typically getting involved right around the transition from the back office stage or the permitting stage. And when we are getting ready to actually start construction of the home okay so so at the end of the startup phase right so the startup
0: phase is when the architectural plans are being developed the site plan is being developed you're picking all your finishes and all those things are happening and then as you approach the end of the startup phase is when you the project managers are are generally first meeting
2: the client Correct. We'll get involved, um, maybe not so much with the client as much as we're just working with the back office to fine tune some of the details, um, review some of the selections, the plans, the overall grading plan, talk about, you know, we'll, we'll develop hotspots or um, push points, things that are, are whether it be the, the area that we're building in the site that we're building on Mm -hmm. um, certain customer items that are very important to them because each person's their own individual and has different things that are hot buttons for them. Right. So we'll develop that list and we're looking at the plans to try to review them to make sure that um, what's come off the paper and sat down with the client kind of transfers to what we can actually do in the field Mm -hmm. and trying to uh, vet some of those things and just go through them at the beginning stages to hopefully get rid of any problems or possible delays that might occur because we're still waiting to get information or things that we may not have the full picture of um, that may be crystal clear to the buyer Mm -hmm. or the person that's sitting down and doing the selections. But when we're looking at it from a perspective of what's on the plan and what's in the selection, sometimes those things don't transfer quite the way you'd expect them to. Right. So we're trying to vet some of those things and get them polished up Mm -hmm. prior to going into the actual start of the home. Right. Um, And then we do have a, what we consider a pre-construction meeting with the client, probably anywhere from two weeks to a month before the home starts. Right. um, Just to introduce ourselves, um, get them familiar with the construction process, what to expect, Mm -hmm. um, and to go over those hot button items just to make sure that you know the the message that on is on the paper that we're reading is clear with what the actual buyer's expectations. Are. Right, right. So so Tim, does that uh, so when you when you're first
0: looking at a uh, set of plans or you first start to get your sink your teeth into a job, what do you? Is there is there anything more you want to add to that? What are you looking for? Are you looking for? Uh, obviously, you're looking for potential things that aren't gonna work, right? Obviously. But what yes. else are you looking
1: for?
3: Uh, well, after doing this for many years, I've come to find out what are the things, as you say, are gonna become issues as we're work, working on the project, actually in the field. You kind of get aware of what to look out for, what, what you don't really need to work out look out for right away. You can figure right. it out in the field, but anything that might affect the the plan or the building of the house and, and make any delays is, is like pat was saying during that pre-construction meeting. i've already done a turnover meeting where so i've already seen the plans but we're just trying (coughs) to identify any problem areas right at that point
0: right okay and then craig let me ask you so how big of a difference is it so 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 at our our company we can either build a stanley martin home right which has been built hundreds and hundreds and you, you know you build a home like the travers or the Carey. There probably are not a lot of challenges there if the buyer is just buying the home right off the shelf. So what are you looking for differently if somebody's doing a custom plan or somebody's doing a few customizations? What kind of things get your attention in that initial look at the job versus a home that somebody's just building
4: right off the shelf? Well, I guess first of all, the, uh, each lot is completely different. Right, and most of the time they don't just take the standard plan. The plan has always changed a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. Not maybe not always, but probably ninety-five percent of the time. Okay, the plan always has a slight change to it. So I don't really look at it as all right. Here's a production home that we built over and over again. You mm-hmm. look at it as here's my customer's home, and every time we build it, it's unique. it's a little bit different, a little yeah. bit unique. Um, so that when the trades come in, uh, they're not just expecting to build the same house that they built over at the production site, right. in other words. So uh, those are the types of things that you look at for the problems that could you know, you know, cause delays, things of that nature. Right, so it sounds like from kind of the initial look around the room,
0: when you first are looking in that plan, the first time you see it, you guys are looking for, okay, what might be the biggest challenge while I'm building this house? Whether it's a site condition or some kind of a design feature, uh you want to get ahead of whatever the bigger challenge may be
2: yeah um you know some sites there the the lots are a little bit tighter you're putting a bigger house on so you realize Mm -hmm. there's going to be constraints when you're you know uh, when you first start building the house with dirt removal or Mm -hmm. bringing in dirt um whether it be Um, where you can put the packages and how Mm -hmm. you space them out when they get delivered to you Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you've got the space to get a whole all your panels delivered at once and sometimes you have to space them out a little bit more Mm -hmm. those are some of the things you're looking at Um, grade is an issue sometimes you're looking at challenges that you're dealing with with particular grade issues customers may have a desire to to you know push the limits with regards to the backyard being a little bit flatter. So Mm -hmm. you're dealing with areas where you have slopes that are increased because you're trying to create more, more space for usable space in the yard. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously you're working with the grade that's around you. So there's, there are times that there's challenges with regards to that and trying Mm -hmm. to meet the customer's expectations for what they're looking for Mm -hmm. and what you can physically actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes is, you know, not everybody sees things, the way somebody who's been in the industry for a long time does when they look at a piece of paper that's two-dimensional right you know they're looking at lines on a on a paper that looks squiggly and really don't understand what that represents to them and sometimes you have to get out in the field with them and actually walk it for them and show them and, and right. give them ideas of what to expect so that they can have the right the right concepts going into it mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing that you know for me in in my years in doing this is try to be as forthright as you can try to make sure that you sit down and do as much upfront communication as possible mm-hmm. so that when the expectations, when you start out the expectations of what you're going to provide them in the end product meets, or at least you've had that conversation to kind of make sure that everybody's on the same page right, as to what to expect, because you know what people sometimes hear Versus what you say sometimes changes. Yeah, um, you know, and those those are sometimes really good conversations to have to break out with the customer at the outset. Yeah, and kind of break the break bread and and and, and really get down to the the nuts and bolts of what to expect, and it leads to a good experience for both the buyer, which mm-hmm. is what we aim for. Yeah. but also for us too, because there's not as many hard conversations to have once you get further along in the process and their expectations haven't been met right no that makes perfect sense so so tim what is your favorite part about
0: being a project manager (laughs) i mean what what brings you to work every day because it's not you you know i'll just say having managed a lot of projects myself on the renovation side more i've built one home new you know from start to finish but it's it's not a cakewalk
3: (laughs) yeah you're right john it's it's it can be very stressful at times but the, the my favorite part about the job is getting the house done 100% complete. Mm-hmm. Homeowners are happy, even despite any issues that we may, may have had throughout the process. Right. Hopefully, they're minimal. But the, my favorite part is having the house finished. You get that occupancy permit. Yeah. Everybody's smiling. You're happy that people can move out of their in laws or wherever. Yeah. You may be stay <laughs> in it for the meantime. But yeah, that's my favorite part is having the house 100% complete. It looks nice. It's brand new. It's got to feel good. It's got yeah. to feel,
0: you know, I guess if, if, if uh, you know, to draw an analogy, you take a big, huge Lego project or a, or a big puzzle that you've worked on for six months, nine months, whatever it is, and then it's done and everything's there. Uh, yeah, that's got to be uh, satisfying. How about you, Craig? What's your favorite part about? Uh...
4: Yeah, I'd have to agree with Tim. I think, you know, once you, you do all the work, you get through all the problems, mm-hmm. uh, you get the house framed up, you start to see, actually see, you get to see what you build. Yeah. So there's a really good satisfaction uh to be able to see the house come into uh, shape. Right. And then at the final when you for me it's when you get you know, all your flooring is in and all the appliances everything are in the house and you do that first clean and you clean yeah. everything, you pull the flo- floor coverings off, everything starts to shine and you kind of get that satisfaction of yeah. wow, look at this, you know, I'm creating a home for uh, somebody for my client yeah um, they're getting excited about moving in the same thing the end of the project typically that's the happiest time during the project is right when the homeowner goes to so, so that's plan. really
0: interesting because you start at the very 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 beginning sitting down and looking at the documents before you ever even meet the client then you meet the client based on just this little conversation we've just had And the first thing you want to do is try to get ahead of anything that may disappoint them. Or you want to look for any place where there may be a a, a misalignment of expectations. And then you know at the very, very, very beginning that your favorite part of the whole transaction is when you're delivering the home. And you know, but the buyer and the client doesn't know what the path is to get there. So it's really an interesting uh, experience.
4: Demo is kind of fun too.
0: Yeah, demo is always fun.
4: And a lot of the homeowners yeah. want to know when it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, we try to make sure you stay away, <laughs> stay across the street. Right, it's dangerous. But right, right. Um, well, you know, it's, it's
0: funny you bring demo up because back in 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 the early years when Mike and I first teamed up, we would go out. I would go out. I still have tons of video, but we would we would shoot video of the homes being demoed because in two thousand six, seven, eight, it was still kind of a new thing. There wasn't a lot of there there certainly wasn't a lot of information on the internet about tearing down and and building new homes and people would sometimes come out with their barbecue grills oh, really? and, and and make hot dogs or we had the fire department come out and would, would they would, they used to originally they would light houses on fire yeah. yep. and then yep. go in and put them out and yep. then that got to be a problem so they would set off smoke bombs and and uh, they would go in and do drills and then uh, it was it was a whole big event so that is a lot of fun um, for sure so so um, so what else, I guess, is there anything else you can think of, uh, Pat, that comes off the top of your head that what do you love about um, your job? And you're the vice president of construction. So, y- you know, I guess any really
2: big challenges that need to be addressed, they come to your desk. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you that the day to day, there's always something different that's popping up. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, you're building a house. There's a lot of the same elements that are in that go into building it you know if you look at it from that standpoint it's you know you dig a hole you put a foundation in you mm-hmm. frame a house you hang drywall you put the finishes in and then you turn over the keys right, right. it's it's pretty much a, a there's a step process that pretty much follows. yeah it. you're but a manufacturer you're a manufacturer and, and you're, you're
0: manufacturing doing- in the field so you're not manufacturing in a controlled environment. So that's another that's, element that's, of interest yeah, there. That's yeah, that's another
2: element of interest. When yeah. you go and buy a car, you walk in and it's been spit polished and yeah. shined and has the new car smelling in it. Right. And you, you don't get to see the process. You're not in the warehouse watching or the factory watching it get being built. Right. And when we do one of these homes, your lot is our factory. Exactly. So and
0: And the owner of the product is invited to be part of the process where i think we're very unique from that perspective I, I know a lot of builders out there don't want the client around while they're building the home there, there was one builder they're not in business anymore but they had it in their contract that they that the homeowner wasn't allowed to go into the home until it was completed which i never understood because they own the home but we invite our buyers in and you have regular meetings with our buyers and they are watching the whole entire process come together.
2: Yeah, it's unique in, real time. in, that, in that aspect and that's what kind of makes it fun and it's sometimes challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't control everything. We can't be there 24-7. So there are things that happen. Yeah, um, It's a process and, and what we always try to tell our clients going into it is, look, things are going to happen. We're, that's why we're here. Right. If we could build a project on paper and just call somebody up on a phone and tell them to be there at a certain date and know they were going to do everything exactly the way we wanted to. Right. There wouldn't be any need for the guys in this room. Yeah, Um, exactly. You know, we, that's why they're there. They're there to supervise and see that things are done. And if there, if there are mistakes that are made, they're there to make sure that they they get corrected in the right way. Yeah. But the building process is not unique in that. And, and, I, you know, one thing I always say is it's probably the biggest investment someone's going to make. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of anxiety going into it. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to try to walk them through that process and make it as memorable mm-hmm. and as stress free as we can. Mm-hmm. And allowing them to be involved in it and come out and see things and see the progress that's happening and get excited about it as it's getting to the finish that's what kind of makes it enjoyable
0: Mm -hmm.
2: absolutely makes good sense yeah it's it's the it
0: it breaks up the monotony the uh, the 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 various elements the unique lot the unique homeowner every aspect of the of the finishes that are different so so let's shift gears a little bit so let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some unique features that that we've put into homes that that you guys uh, like is anybody um, you know, Tim, does anything come to mind or Craig of a uh, feature that you've uh, put into the home that you thought was
4: uh, particularly interesting or fun or challenging? Did, did we do anything? Um, I remember one that uh, customer wanted a secret room. Yeah. Wasn't that challenging, but it was kind of interesting where we just framed a hole where a closet would be. Yeah. And right after he went to settlement, he installed a, a false door. Wow. Which is like a mirror. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was different. So,
0: so Tim, any, uh, features?
3: Uh, right. Out, what comes to mind first is wine cellar wall that I did that incorporated a stone veneer on a, a uh, how would you say, uh, I guess a recessed wine cellar cabinet in a family room that with, had with the
4: horizontal bottles
3: with the horizontal bottle. Well, the racks yep. were, were vertical, but yeah, it, it held about. 300, I think, bottles. We of wine. Act,
0: we actually feature that photo on our uh, homepage. It's part of our uh, regular scroll. So I'm 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 glad you brought that up. That that was a really nice feature. Now was that. Climate controlled uh, at all? It or? was not climate controlled. Okay. I
3: believe the back office gave them that option to have it climate controlled, but they opted not to do it. Okay. But the, the neat part about it was figuring out how it was going to be built in the field and um, how racks were going to get installed onto the stone veneer because yeah. obviously the stone is not a flush surface that you yeah. mount something to. Yeah. So It
0: was- seems so simple on paper, doesn't yes. it? It's like, well, let's just do a wine cellar.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is I, I worked for a wine cellar. Uh, builder in the past. So I, yeah. I sort of had to step up on how to, how to make it work.
0: Yeah. But it's, but it's, but, but let's walk us through that a little bit. Cause you, you already hit about the wine racks on the stone. What other, cause that, and then you've got the huge glass wall, right? Right. So you had a, you had a, I think, was
3: it two fixed panels and then one door? it was uh two fixed panels on the outer on there was four sections of glass okay the the outer sections being fixed panels and it was basically a french door okay two two panels that that opened two swingers yeah yeah Yeah. uh they went floor to ceiling again the tricky part of that was building trying to figure out how we were going to attach those doors to the wall so we the, the plan i believe showed stone right encasing the whole the whole recessed area of the cellar. Yeah. But we had to incorporate some wood and and different elements to make the strength that these heavy glass panels and doors would, would not you know move right moving forwards
0: now did you when did you start to what so when you sat down at the when you first started digging into this uh job and you initially started looking at it did that wine
3: uh cellar catch your attention right away it it did it absolutely (laughs) did although I was thinking about I was thinking about in the back of my mind for a long time but with my experience I knew I'd be able to figure it out in the field yeah Um, there was a little direction I got from the back office how it was going to be built, but yeah. ultimately I ended up making the call in the field as yeah. I saw it being coming together.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So you've got to figure out. So, so sometimes you guys are getting. A project dropped on your lap and you've literally got to figure out how to build it right it's
2: in the plan and it's designed yeah but you got to make sure it's really gonna fly yeah I mean the the office does a great job the back office meaning the the folks that are, are doing the selections and putting the plans together do a really good job of trying to vet as much of that stuff as they possibly can yeah before they send the plans out to us obviously but there are times where you have to adapt um, in the field and and make slight changes or meet with the client to go over mm-hmm. you know hey look this isn't working out just the way it's supposed to we want to make sure that we're providing you with the right what you're actually looking for and what you right. want and and provide them with options suggestions adaptations that we can make to some of these options that are yeah. a little more you know out of the outside the box yeah um you know, ultimately, like we said, the goal is is that they're happy with the end product and, mm-hmm. and it's functional for them and works the way they intend to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I know Tim, t- that was one of the ones where Tim, we had to do a little bit of modification in the field to... To just make sure everything fit right and that the, the, the reveals are right with the stone and yep. the glass and how they tied in together and yeah. just make it just, you know, give it that right look. And I think what we ended up with was a great product. Yeah, it's but, amazing. It really but it is. was, yeah. there was, you know, there were some moments of meeting with the client and going over things and trying to make sure that w- the the little subtle changes that we were making were going to be in in line with what they were expecting exactly and you know that's a that's another uh good point that you brought up
0: uh is that all these things that are happening the client has to approve it so you can't just say oh well i'm going to put wood in here instead of stone because i think it's going to be better you've got to sit down and you know, that's one of the great things I think about the whole Stanley Martin custom home operation is we keep the customer engaged all the way through the entire process. We're not out there making rogue decisions to get the home built and delivered. We want to make sure that it that it fits within their in their dream. So that's a good point.
1: Michael Schnitzer here, president of Stanley Martin Custom Homes. Customers appreciate Our weekly construction meetings where our project managers deliver written agendas, go over action items, and answer all your questions. To learn more about our processes, pricing, and floor plans, please visit us at webuildonyourlot.com. That's webuildonyourlot.com.
0: So so uh you know my little piece of that wine cellar which was really nothing but I remember that uh, we had to get the pictures taken and we were trying to squeeze the photographs in between getting the glass doors in on on that cellar and for uh, for the for the wine cellar and delivery of the home and we had like a 48 hour window where we had to get the photographer in and so that stress on our organization on our side <laughs> And I think about you guys are all laughing because you go through that every day, multiple jobs at a time where you're just trying to squeeze all these different uh, subcontractors in and it's just got to keep going, you know, and it's uh, just getting the pictures taken as one little thing. I just couldn't even imagine what you guys go through every day. So you, you, you definitely have unique personalities uh, to be able to, uh, to uh, handle all that. So... So any other interesting features come to mind for, for from anyone that, that uh, what about some green features has have, have, have any of you guys done anything with uh, geothermal or have you guys managed any, you know, photovoltaic installs or solar panels? Have you guys
3: done any of that? I did a couple geothermal projects, but not with Stanley Martin. They were the previous builder I worked for. Okay. But that's very interesting. I mean, to this day, it's, it boggles my mind how that works. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting process.
0: So, so let, let's chat about that for a second, because back in the day, and I say back in the day, you know, whenever there's some sort of a government subsidy for something, people take advantage of it. So I think there was a... I think there was a 30 don't quote me on this but i'm you know going back in time i think there was about a 30 percent tax credit there was a huge tax credit that made sense for people to go to the geothermal route but do you remember about how much the geothermal systems were running you probably did them what seven six seven years ago eight years ago yeah at least yeah. Um, maybe
3: 10 yeah the early probably around 2010 last one that that yeah that makes about sense yeah um as far as price I, I don't recall. Okay. But so talk about what boggles your mind with the geothermal just the whole the whole way of drilling the pipes down into the ground and how they even get them down and, and, and everything looped back together is yeah. just amazing to me and the equipment that they use to make it well, all. Well, they use a well drilling equipment, right? I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the exact same thing as a well driller, but it's very similar. Yeah.
2: You have to have wells to be able to provide the, the groundwater that's actually heated from the earth that then gets into pipes that yeah. go over the... The um, the grout. Yeah. It's the, the air handler... Yeah. Um, essentially, your Yeah, the exchanger, yeah, the heat exchanger, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's a really interesting concept. Uh, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, it's it's interesting in in my respect because, you know, a lot of people when they buy a house, they're they're looking at the bells and whistles, mm-hmm. they're looking at all the different features and the things you can put inside, at the upgraded granite, the yeah. cabinets, the the flooring, and, and those types of things. And um, I'm always interested in the people that invest in the upgraded insulation and doing yeah. the foam insulation and the, the possible solar panels and the right. geothermals that can save them a lot of money down the line. If yeah. they just, you know, look at, at what's happening with energy price it yeah. costs and things along those lines. Those are things that, you know, are, are really interesting in some of the technology that's out there. And even some of the, 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 factories now that are putting in the loops in their floor in their concrete flooring to heat their, their warehouses mm-hmm. and their office space versus running your traditional air handlers is there's some really interesting technology out there that um, I think you're going to see a lot more people use in the upcoming years. I agree with that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. So,
0: so, um, so it is interesting. You've got to pick where you want to put your money, right? Yep. Everybody has a budget. Every buyer has a budget. Every buyer has a dream. And do you want to put your money into green features or do you want to put it into Bells and whistles, or some people build a very large house, you know, they want square footage, yep. you know, so interesting. All right, so let's talk, Craig, let's talk about site work.
4: Okay, site work. Let's
0: talk about site work.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, so site work, yeah, we have a lot of BMPs. Yeah, uh, so what is that? Uh, they call it, well, I think it's just, I don't know if it's the official name, but yeah. it's what most people in the industry call it, uh, best method and practices. okay which are required by a lot of the jurisdiction. I think Arlington County was the first one to really start to push it, where they're just trying to keep the, the runoff water on the lot mm-hmm. by using planter boxes and So what uh, infiltration is a planter train- box? So a planter box is uh, something that they run typically run the roof water down into the gutter yeah. through the downspout, and it goes into a planter box, which is filled with gravel, a pipe, yeah. a drain pipe that comes out of the bottom, Gravel and different types of soil condition soils mm-hmm. that are specifically spelled out in the site plan mm-hmm. that all have to be documented and uh, certified by an engineer mm-hmm. and then turned into county. So basically, it just filters the water. So it's a
0: giant filter.
4: It's a filter. Yeah, and, and then they call it, it a
0: planter box because yeah. it's attached. It's it, now it's part of the foundation, right?
4: In most cases. Yeah. The way we do them, uh, okay. they can be detached. They can be built out of different types of material, from concrete to wood. Okay. Um, we typically use concrete. Um, and then, in most cases, it drains out and goes into an, either an infiltration trench, or mm-hmm. it could just drain out somewhere onto the lot and run off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all has—I think it all starts out with the uh, permeable space on the lot, right? So the lot coverage. We the call lot it coverage. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now,
0: so is it? So the downspouts from the gutters on the roof are then piped into these planter boxes.
4: And then sometimes piped into infiltration trenches. In addition to, into, in addition to that, which it tries to keep the water on the lot so it doesn't run off into the streams, rivers, yeah. and you know eventually ends up into the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's it,
2: a it's a large water filter. Yeah, is essentially yeah. what yeah. it is, and it's trying to take the water that's running off your roof shingles and may have pebbles from your roof shingles yeah. involved in it or yeah. nitrites which is the big word that they use yeah um they're trying to keep those out of the water that get into your soils and then eventually leach into the water table right. and then get into our rivers and streams yeah these and are becoming uh, more and more required by all the di- different
4: jurisdictions yeah. so that's yeah. one
0: of the things that's driving the site costs higher right so there's i guess the the, the costs are going up in the industry. But in addition, there are more requirements by the government to add more things to the site, which also drive the cost. So it gets more and more expensive to to um, develop the site. Yeah.
2: I mean, from the the, the BMPs that we're having to put in, which are, are, you know, in some cases, these planter gardens, mm-hmm. um, dry wells, Things along those lines, which are all all in some way managing, basically filtering the water that comes off of your concrete surfaces, Mm -hmm. your roof surfaces, anything that's not a natural grass surface is what they're trying to filter. And they calculate how much of that water that you have to capture on each individual lot. Yeah. Um, Between that and the silt fence and the super silt fence that we're putting up to try to maintain and keep the the you know the mud and the silt and the dirt that's being generated from rains that mm-hmm. come while we're building the houses when we don't have grasses up all those things add up and, and include costs
0: right right so so now the site work because because i think for the for the for for the consumer the site work is the big mystery early in the in the process so when they come into the buying process with it with any builder right so the folks listening who are thinking about building a home on your lot and they're trying to figure out what it's going to cost. We can always sit down and figure out how much the house is going to cost because that's all fixed price. But the site work is just kind of this this fuzzy number out there in the beginning. Right. And it's and it's really hard to talk about from a sales perspective because every jurisdiction is different. You can't just throw out a number. I mean, we, we have a standard number we kind of throw out and say, you know, if you can't get comfortable with X, then I wouldn't even, you know, kind of start looking at this kind of a, a build. But when you're building out in Loudoun County or Montgomery County, or you get, you know, further out, you're dealing more with well and septic. And when you're in Arlington, you're dealing more with the BMPs and there's there's other things. So. So, is there Craig? Do you have a site? Do you prefer to develop a site in Arlington, or do you prefer what do you personally enjoy better—the country, larger sites where you have more elbow room? <laughs> Funny. Well, obviously, yes. <laughs> really? I don't know. I mean, no. I well, mean, actually, you guys it, are project it, it, managers, well, and I don't, you know, I I, I don't no. know if you like the little <laughs> lots in Arlington where you have to stage in everything. You don't have any room to. Well, no. Put, I mean, I mean
4: we'd like to have a little more
2: room. Yeah. Uh, to work, fewer neighbors. Yeah, fewer well, neighbors. Complaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's I mean, always the maybe. unknown. When you're in a tight spot, that's yeah. very urban, and you've got a, a lot of people along a street. It, yeah, it becomes complicated. Like yeah. the last thing we want to do is aggravate people by being in their neighborhood, right? Um,
4: or you have to stage
2: your deliveries
4: because yeah. there's only enough room in the front yard for one delivery of lumber right so then, you, then you have so to you, deliver it then you have to install and then the guys need to take it and then the next one comes and yeah so on and you got to so find on. a
2: place to put a dumpster that's not in the way of running right. concrete or dropping panels right you got to make sure that you actually have parking for the contractors so that they're not you know yeah. taking up all the parking for the customers that yeah. or the neighbors that are used to not being disturbed and not having Five different vehicles on their street that are loaded with whatever that we're using that day. Yeah, um, you know, it it becomes a juggling act. So that's logistics.
0: Oh yeah, that that's all that's all logistics, and much more challenging in North Arlington and Falls Church and Bethesda than it is uh, in um, you know Loudoun County, where you can just deliver the whole lumber package in one shot.
4: What's like on a production site you have? you know, lot after lot after lot and yeah. the street that runs through the project. So you can just bring everything out, stack it up on the street. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of parking. There's mm-hmm. typically not an issue. Right. Um, well, but when you have a tiny little lot in Arlington and neighbors all around you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, not only that, but the other uh, thing about Arlington is Arlington just has a lot of red tape that you have to cut to yeah. get through the process of getting your inspections and your permits pr- right your permits your occupancy permit at the end yeah. all the certifications with the bmp's as we talked about earlier right. they're just a lot tougher to get through yeah um which from a project manager's perspective makes it a little bit harder as well sure as opposed to you go right across the border into Fairfax county yeah and it's a lot easier to get through that process right. in Fairfax. But Fairfax, you know, yeah.
0: Fairfax County is—they're going that direction, though, aren't they? Aren't they getting a little more?
4: They—they've been there. It's just—I don't know if it's that the lots are a little bit bigger, maybe in general, mm-hmm. or they're just not as strict about it. Right. Um, but we have been doing uh, dry wells, infiltration trenches, and yeah, those types of things there as well. And Fairfax, I'm starting to yeah. see planter boxes
2: now too, yeah. or garden garden yeah. boxes on the yeah. side yeah. of the house. Well, and the other thing, too, is you, you we're talking about the customer's part of it and the neighbor's part of it, but you also have contractors that you're trying to keep happy, too. Absolutely. And when you are only able to deliver so much of a lumber package and the framer actually shows up and has a crew of guys that whip yeah. out and get rid of all that lumber in half a day yeah, and then are sitting there looking at you like, well, what do I do next? I'm wasting yeah. my time here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're trying to juggle both the, the expectations of the neighbors and the, and the customer themselves as to what you're doing in their neighborhood and, and the the day-to-day stresses you may be causing them. But then right. you also have to keep your, your contractors happy too and be able to continue to provide them work and let them be efficient and effective. Right. And, you know, it, it's a business, right? And then
4: you got to answer to Michael Schnitzer too. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, why right. is they, anyone on his site today? Exactly. You know, so, yeah. you know, yeah. like
2: it's, it is it is a constant juggling act and they're... Yeah. they're not to get anything wrong, I mean, there, there are some beautiful homes we build and, and I love driving by some of these neighborhoods where we've popped in a couple homes and yeah. really the the streetscape looks awesome right? Um, because of the different ways that we can change up the outside and give it a more contemporary look or a more right. modern look. Uh-huh. Some of those things that we do with the homes are really exciting because you take a house that you think you've seen built production-wise. Fifty times that has the same appearance and look, and then you put a a modern or contemporary look on it, and you drive by and it looks like a completely different house. It's amazing, isn't it? It's yeah. It, it's you know, and and you see more of that when we're working in the Arlington area and things like that, where people are doing more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that part of it's enjoyable, but there are some stressors that are added when you're doing a. a, a you know in a tight little area like
0: that. right right well you know one of the things i think that we do as a company is we always reach out to the neighbors before we start a project and they all get letters and uh they're all invited to learn about what it is uh, we're doing so we do want to start out the relationship with the neighbors on the right foot so i can understand it is challenging and uh um, no, no question. That's uh, there's a lot of things you guys are dealing with uh, besides just building a house. Yeah, yeah. and
2: in these days in COVID, it's even more interesting because they're all at home all day long. Oh, too. didn't even think <laughs> about so, that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like where they were typically, the kids were going to school and right. the, and the parents were going to work, and yeah, there weren't a whole lot of cars on the street. Oh, <laughs> kind of had that rush hour problem in the morning. Yeah, and, you know, then, and
4: then it was pretty clear for the work. Day. But now yeah. they're home, and, yeah. and
2: I get it. It's it, it you know we're impacted their day-to-day life sure. and kids are trying to take classes online and they've got you know someone working on a house right next to them and know, they'd rather you know. look out the window and watch the bulldozer <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> so so let's talk a little bit about um you know developing a site so those are some of the challenges in, in the infill right so we've got is there anything else you can think of that that tim that. Uh, you know maybe we didn't touch on on infill developments i didn't even think about the logistics uh really that's something uh that that you guys are dealing with i'm trying to see this from your perspective today you know not only are you building a house you've got to manage uh logistics with contractors and neighbors and all that
3: but. yeah the only other thing i don't think we've, that was mentioned was the the times that we're allowed to work in each jurisdiction is different yeah. so yeah. for an example i mean i'm not going to Say I'm right on this, but Arlington, for example, you may be able to start at nine o'clock on a Saturday, right? And you have to be finished by three o'clock, yeah. And then Sunday you can't work at all. It's it's different for each jurisdiction. So when you have an infill lot, I just finished one in Alexandria, which was a lot right in the center of a townhome complex, yeah. And I was getting emails for the first three weeks. Yeah. That guys were working there on Saturday. Yeah. They were starting at seven versus at nine o'clock. Right. So you know, then I got to track down who the subcontractor is. We always post signs on the site: do not start between, be, you know, before this hour. Right. We, we put the work hours posted on the permit board at the job site. But yeah. Again, like Pat was saying, we're not there 24/7. Yeah. If they start at seven o'clock, I'm not going to know until I get that
4: email from them. Exactly. Neighbor. So a lot of so. the subcontractors, it's not worth their while to come out if they can only work from nine to three right right yeah so the they fit. don't want to come if they can they can by the time they set up get started yeah. then they got to pack up and well leave. yeah no kidding yeah.
0: it takes an hour to get set up sometimes you know and, yeah, and the time an time hour get to the break, generator yeah. out of the truck and gassed yeah. up and started yeah. and all the yeah. tools
3: out of the truck or the van and then yeah. it's it's 10 30. yeah exactly know, if no, you're starting it makes total sense. yeah
0: so. so so getting out to the to the Hinterlands, we say sometimes, which aren't the hinterlands anymore because no, not no they're not at all. Uh, but but putting in like wells and septic systems, what do you guys?
4: Um, uh, well, I think it can be challenging uh, because it adds another aspect. The health department has to come in and mm-hmm. do the inspections, um, mm-hmm. which can cause delays depending right. on which county you're in. Um, also the uh weather. Yeah. With the amount of rain that we've had the last three years, I think it's been more than average. Oh, I would. Um, I would starting agree. in 2018 when we yeah. broke that record. Yeah. So sometimes they won't let you actually put in the uh, the um, septic field. The septic fields, right? Um, if the dirt isn't dry. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think
2: that's probably the biggest issue with. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest, like what Craig's saying, there there are some challenges with doing it, but I think the biggest issue that I see is. You get to the very end and you're trying to you know like you said that the anticipations build up for the client yeah you know they want to get it they they've been through this process they spent the time to you know with the back office and doing the selections and going through the permitting yeah. and now they've gone through the build and they're seeing it come to yeah. fruition and the, the anticipation gets built up and they want to get in the house and then the, you know you have to go through having the well chlorinated and then having the water tested and if it doesn't test properly after you drain drained it, then you have to re-chlorinate it and then you have to, you know, you have to go through these tests and they're sitting there looking at you like, you're done. Let me yeah. move in. Yeah. You know, and I want, I want to get in this house. I want to live in it. I yeah. want to get out of my hotel or the, the apartment that we're right. renting that we've got five people living in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and we understand it and we get it. But they're, you know what I mean? Those are the hurdles that we have to co- go go through to, right. to get them into the house. And, you know, no matter how much we explain it up front and try to set that expectation for them. Yeah. They have, and I would too. Like, yeah. I don't blame them if I'm living in a house with four kids or you know an apart two bedroom apartment with four kids while i'm waiting for this to be built i want out and into my normal routine of life yeah and they want to go to settlement and you know we haven't had
0: this for a long time but there have been periods of time where interest rates were going up and folks want to get into their home and they want to get the settlement because they're going to lose their lock or whatever it is you know so there's all kinds of crazy pressures at the end uh yeah so and some folks spend six months a year 18 months we've had folks spend two years in the buying process you know where they've been dreaming about the home and saving their money and playing with the price matrices and picking different things they want in the home so some of these folks have been at this for years and now they're ready to get in yeah so they want to move in their dream home exactly exactly John Jorgensen here, and if you're considering building a new home in Northern Virginia or Montgomery County, Maryland, reach out to us through our website, webuildonyourlot.com. That's webuildonyourlot.com. We have pricing and floor plans online, lots of great process information, and contact us through the website so we can get you started on the path to your very own Stanley Martin custom home. All right, right. Let, me, let me shift gears again. So, any, Are there any funny things that have happened or <laughs> any crazy stories that uh, you folks are telling around the water cooler, uh, the proverbial water cooler, because there is no water cooler anymore? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's always fun um, when you're in the office and you're early in the morning and you're like, wow,
4: you know, you know what happened over at this job and there's some crazy story about something. Well, I can tell you something that just happened on my sites. Okay. I have um, four projects, and I have four porta potties. Yeah. So the porta potty company that we had just decided to go out of business. Nice, because I, of COVID. I don't know why they went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> so he's
2: not worried about those specifics. <laughs> I didn't.
4: <laughs> so, as a matter of fact, they didn't even tell us. Right. Um, I just noticed that the cleanings weren't happening. Yeah. So I call him up, and it goes to a different company. Yeah. So apparently they just forwarded their number to another porta potty company. Right. And they're telling us that oh they'll they'll help you out. They'll yeah. take care. No, they don't want to. So now I have four abandoned porta potties on my site that I don't know what to do with. Oh my gosh.
0: So that's an ongoing
4: challenge. It's, it's right actually there. happening right now, yeah. So
0: now who would have thought that that could ever happen? I
3: mean, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. What about you, Tim? You got anything? That, uh... I, um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right yeah. now. Pat, I'll, I'll <laughs> relay to you while I'm trying to well, come up with something. You know, the funny
2: thing about it is is that the day-to-day normal stuff that you experience are the ones that you just kind of push off as a normal experience, right? Because right. you're the, used to it. You're the, just used to it. The, the that ones stuff, yeah. where things go wrong or yeah. you're dealing with extreme situations are the ones that you tend to, to remember. And yeah and and sometimes those those stories are difficult to tell. Yeah. Um, you know, I the the one that when I first started out, right, so two things that I have that I like to talk about is is one, I come from a family that has always been in construction. Right. Uh, my grandfather was an H V A C Uh, Contractor. Uh, My uncles are all tradesmen, finished tradesmen that did drywall and and finish work in the the union and on their own. And, you know, um, I was one of the first kids to go to college in my family and went and got my four year degree. And when I came out uh, of school, the job market wasn't the greatest in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up taking a job in, in construction management. Right. And I'm all excited. I take my parents out to, you know, I've graduated from college. I've got my first real job. You know, I I worked various jobs and actually worked in construction to help pay my way through school. But this was my first real job where I wasn't, you know, also taking classes. And I went through the interview process and signed a contract and all that kind of stuff and, and did all that. And it was in construction and I sit, so I take my parents out for a nice meal to celebrate and announce that I've gotten this job. And, uh, so I sit down and I'm telling my parents about, Hey, you know, I, I, I've accepted a job. I'm going to be moving to Baltimore. And, um, they're like, okay, well, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be working in construction. And I, I, I think it was the biggest disappointment I've ever seen in my mother's face. <laughs> she looked at me it's and the she's reason like, you went to college, why, why, why yeah. did you go to college? You could have gone and worked for your uncles or your yeah. grandfather yeah. and been in construction. Why would we spend all this money and why would you spend all the money on school? And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to be in management. Yeah. Right. And and I'm trying to explain to her and, and she just like, she's like, whatever. And yeah. then, you know, come you know, a couple years down the line when I'm actually fully engaged in it and really have got my feet underneath me and, mm-hmm. and I take her and I, she comes to visit and I take her through, you know, one of my jobs that I've built and, mm-hmm. and did and showed her all the things. And, it was it was encouraging because it was it was like this is what I do. Um, right. Not that there's anything wrong with being a tradesman yeah. or an HVAC contractor, but that wasn't the expectation. That, well, that's what
0: your whole family was already. Yeah, exactly. And you went,
2: yeah. <laughs> so I took it to the next level and, and went into the management side of it. And yeah, yeah I, I go in and get my hands dirty, and I still work on projects because I have that experience and have done it. But yeah. it was you know just the. The, the, the funny part is, is, is the, the overall just really, you're in construction. (laughs) Um, you know what I mean? But now she sees what it's become and and where I am with things and it's, it's, it's a completely different story. Yeah. Um, the other one that I tell people is, is probably one of my most, uh, uh, you know, it just being young and, and some of the things you do when you're, when you think you're, you know, you don't have any risk in the world is I was working as a construction manager for a different builder and, there was a hurricane that hit and speaking of BMPs we had a bunch of houses that had been built that had already been stabilized but we had stuff that was uphill that we were still building so we still had silt fence around the yard drains that were in the backyards and the hurricane came in and was going so strong and the rains were coming down so fast that the silt fence around those drains was causing the level of water to build up and actually it was getting ready to wash into people's weld exits. Wow. So we actually, it was raining so bad that they had basically told us and the winds were so strong that we didn't have anybody working that day. And my boss calls me up and said, Hey, we've got a problem at one of your jobs. People are starting to get worried because they see the water rising. And they think it's going to come into their homes. Can you go out and take a look at it? Yeah. And he agreed to meet me out there. And immediately when we got out there, I could see what was going on yeah. and assess the problem. And he's like, well, what are we gonna do? I'm like, well, I can probably go out there and and cut the silt fence to let the water go into the yard drain. Right. He's like, okay, well, let's go do it. So when I get out to the top of the yard drain, I'm actually standing on top of it and the water's up to about my neck. Wow. And the yard drain is actually, it's four sides where the water can get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably two feet below where I was stand Where I was standing. Yeah. So I took a, a box cutter knife, or a razor knife, yeah. and I went down, and as soon as I cut the silt fence that was in the opening, it started sucking the water in. And you. And me, <laughs> um, almost down the drain. I was able to brace myself <laughs> oh to keep my from going, going into it, but by the time I came back up just from that one single cut and was standing on top of the yard drain, it was yeah. now down at my ankles. Wow. And that was probably in about 30 seconds Wow! That's so, crazy. Yeah. One of those things where you just, you, you think of doing something and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go solve this problem for these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next thing you know, you're almost getting sucked down a, a storm drain pipe. Yeah. We call that a youngster
0: <laughs> error. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That
2: is amazing.
0: Yeah, you do. You know, it's funny when you're young, you think you're invincible. Yeah. And you can just definitely. go fix it. Yeah. And, and until something bad happens, you're good. Yep. Cool. So any other any other stories that you want to share? You good?
4: We have a lot of stories that we probably shouldn't share.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been sitting here while Pat
3: was telling all of you guys about that his story. I've been trying to think about funny things, but I think yeah. they're things I'll keep to myself at this Understood. point. The only thing I will mention, though, is uh, back in 2014, I was working for a builder out of, well, when I started with him in 2005, he was in uh, Arlington. Then their mm-hmm. office moved to McLean. The, uh, the owner ended up passing away, but I was actually working on a project in Arlington uh, that was basically two weeks from being completed when he passed away, and when he passed away, the, the entire company shut down. Oh. So, myself and my brother got hired by the homeowner to finish the house,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it was in the middle of the summer, we were out there working on the roof, doing some, it had a knife-edge roof detail on right. the front porch that we were finishing up, out there with my shirt off, because it's hot in the sun, and then a couple of years later, I meet my wife, and uh, we're just talking stories about stuff, and we had all these funny coincidences how we knew this person and that person. It turns yeah. out one of her best friends lived right across the street from that house that I was working on, Yeah, and it turned out that they had been watching me. From across the street that day, or the, that Roofing week, when I, when I had my shirt <laughs> off, put two and two together, you know, it was just a funny coincidence. And, had, you, small and, you, world. and you hadn't even met her yet. I hadn't even met her. Oh my gosh. We got married in 2015. Well, congratulations. So that was... So how
0: did you end up I guess meeting your wife? After. Everybody
3: wants to know. I'll keep that to myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: it's another story that can't be told.
4: It's another story yeah. for, another, for another podcast. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you.
0: All right, fellas. Anything else come to mind, Pat? Craig? No? Well, listen, thanks for coming in. I enjoyed the chat and uh, hope this is the first of many. So, uh... We're, we're starting off on a new project here. We're having a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, episodes in the can already. So this is our first time sitting down with the group. We appreciate you guys coming in and uh, we'll, well thanks continue. thanks for the, having us. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks you. Greg. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoyed it. it. All right. See All you
3: guys. Right. All right. See thanks. Go. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Go With John show. Please subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice and keep up with our latest episodes and what's going on with the show at gowithjohn.com. That's gowithjohn.com.